It's a good show. We're wildin', doing shit that's way out of your budget. You're listening to Mormon and the Meth Head. <laughs> if you put a Mormon and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all just so read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Was that a rap lyric? It was the whitest lady I've ever heard. <laughs> was, was that, that? A, was that a, a, a rap lyric? Was that hip hop? <laughs> uh, that was that's Drake. That's Drake. Uh, how much do you want to bet Drake is watching this R. Kelly documentary? Like, oh shit, I have so many changes <laughs> to make. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, so, Jessa, you talk to me about manifestation all the time. Uh, it's something that we talked about I've, on the podcast. I like how I'm trying to put it all on you. Yeah. I, like, I have been in secret adopting all of Jessa's philosophies, but I still like to just call them Jessa's and like yeah. not take uh, any responsibility for them. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's just this kooky thing that Jessa believes in <laughs> and, you know, whatever. But... Jessa started talking to me about manifesting stuff a long time ago, and I've slowly uh, warmed up to the idea. You guys remember I've I've uh, I've come to the Netflix sounds as an example of <laughs> manifestation. <laughs> People who are new to the podcast, are like, what did we miss? <laughs> what happened? So, Jessa, I have a story to tell you about uh, manifesting. Okay. Okay. So, like all stories I tell, this one is about a movie. So, I went to go see Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's this new animated Spider-Man movie that I was super hyped to see. And it's, like, supposed to be beautiful animation and, like, one of those movies that you should see in 3D, which I, I, I wanted to but I didn't get to, but still, is the kind of movie that you want to see high. So, I go see it uh, and... I was bummed that I wasn't getting to see a 3D. There was only like one 3D showing a day. And uh, it was like way, like it just didn't work my schedule. So I had to go see it in 2D. But the whole morning I've been thinking about how I wished I was seeing it in 3D. I really wish I had been seeing it in 3D. And I get in there and the movie starts. And I'm watching it and everything seems a little blurry around the edges. And I go, oh, my God, they're showing this in 3D right now. This is in 3D. And I was thinking in my head about the movie's times. This was like the first showing of the day. And the last showing of the day in that same theater is uh, 3D. And I was like, I bet they're just playing the 3D version. Like someone just made a mistake. They're playing the 3D version just for me. I wanted it. I spent all day thinking about how nice. And I was like, exactly like you say, I, was, I wasn't like forcing it. It was, right. I was detached from the outcome, like you always say, but I was just thinking about like, uh, how, how nice it would be to see it in 3d. And I was like, Oh my God, I made it happen. <gasps> this movie's in 3d. Uh, I go, I get up out of my seat and walk over to one of those bins where they ask you to throw your 3d glasses in at the end and like open it up and like take the the glass like a pair of glasses out and, and go back to my seat and I, at this point i cannot believe everyone else in this theater no one else in this theater <laughs> realizes <laughs> that they're watching a, a blurry movie like uh uh, and I think that the, the style of animation is kind of layered, and there, there, there was you that know stuff texture on, the, on it. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's a it's a it's a style of animation that at least I had never seen before. So I could see people being like, "I guess this is just how it's supposed to look," you know. Right. But still, I was like, "What a bunch of idiots!" Uh, and part of me wanted to go out and tell an employee, like, "Hey, you guys know you're showing that in 3D," but I <laughs> uh, realized like, if I do that, they'll well, they'll stop it or something and I could just grab these glasses out and I can have like this is my destiny I just manifested it right I can have exactly what I want and fuck all these other people they and I and I'm sitting there getting back to my seat sitting down like I put my glass on watching the movie and I'm thinking about what a metaphor this is 
for life that like uh everyone just watching one one thing one reality and they have no idea what they're missing and only i have have learned these magic powers like only i am seeing the world through the correct lens uh like you know i'm stepping out from the crowd and uh People might think I'm crazy because I'm wearing 3D glasses in a 2D movie, but I'm right, you know. Like right. I, uh, I, I, and I made this happen. And I just keep thinking about like how wild this is, and uh, like, like, oh my god, I feel magic. I feel like I made this happen. This is this is so cool. It's a lesson to me about like stepping outside, like I don't know, trying things from different perspectives and. Uh, and being shown a whole better world. Like I like in my life and I bet people can apply this to theirs as well. You live it from just one perspective and right. you think that that's it. And then you try you try something new and there's like so much more to life that you could that is right there within your grasp. If you just go and put on your glasses. It's just right there. That's all you have to do. And so I'm thinking about all that while I've got my my new, my 3D glasses on now and looking at the screen and everything is uh, way worse and is <laughs> uh, definitely not a 3D movie. <laughs> I didn't manifest shit. Um, you it did was, go rummaging through. I a did. Trash I did stand up in the middle of the crowded theater, p- push myself past people. <laughs> dig, th- dig noisily through. It's a deep can, and like the glasses only fill up the last couple inches. Yeah. Like you have to like get inside <laughs> the can to get the glasses. And then I'm like, ah, you idiots, <laughs> think I'm the weird one. <laughs> and then you put them on. And I put them on and like sit there for for a while, for a while. And then there's like there's parts where I'm like taking them off, <laughs> squinting, putting them back on real fast. Like I'm like trying to see the difference. The thing is, the style of animation was unique and cool, and because it is layered and they use lots of red and blue, right. there is a lot of 3D naturally built into it. Okay. Uh, so there were like it was really uh, kind of cool to go back and forth. Uh, this isn't relevant to the story, but like there were parts that looked the looked okay with glasses, yeah. but that like like movement looked better with glasses. But think when characters were still, they were completely blurry. So. Um, I am not magic. I'm just high. And uh, oh, and then also just to cap to cap this off, uh, when I uh, went and rummaged through the, <laughs> the glasses, I uh, was thinking like it would be better if I was a little bit higher. <laughs> Right, right. I was like, I was just thinking, like, this is so great, but I bet it's gonna get cooler if I. And so I had a, I had like a pen that, like, since I was already like kind of, you know, like the hallway that you walk in, I just like ducked in there, and I, I took a big, uh, rip off this pen, and uh, as I did so, I pulled a muscle in my back (laughs) so badly that the next day my entire back seized up. And I've been seeing a chiropractor for like three weeks. Uh, but I go to like a, it's like a different chiropractor every time because they're always on the road and stuff. And uh, every time they ask me how I, they're like, wow, <laughs> you were, you are messed up. What, what did you, how did you do it? I'm like, breathing. I thought I was magic, but I don't even have the power to breathe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm 32 years old and, uh, Falling the fuck apart. Falling the fuck apart and being convinced. I blame you convincing uh, me that I'm I'm mad more magic than I am. Well, you are more magic than you think you are, but not magic enough. I like that. All I want to yeah, do with I my mean, magic powers high. is to get great screenings of movies for myself. If only there were a way to see a 3D movie that didn't require <laughs> magic. <laughs> Uh, uh so I have we I don't think we've talked like we've done a little bit of manifestation stuff on the podcast. Before. Yeah, we mentioned it. We mentioned it. You've never done an in-depth tutorial. Do you want to do that? Well, I was thinking the other day of the parallels between manifestation and uh attracting a, a mate. 
And because it's called the law of attraction. And something that I feel like was missed in the secret was it in the ether, you're you're attracting things to yourself. There is no force. There is no pushing. There is uh, it's gentle. It's small. It's that small voice. It's a, it's a tiny thing. And if you if you push, if you want something desperately, it has the opposite effect. So. Um, I believe that is true in people. Right. Uh, you have to play hard to get. So you're saying that that's the that's the key. To yeah. So it's the want. law of attraction. So you uh, you are attracting this thing to you, and there are tricks to attracting things to you depending on what it is that you want. But I've talked before about if you're trying to attract money, find ways to feel like you already have money, even if. Uh, so for me, it's. All my silverware has to match. All my dishes have to match. Like I have to, it doesn't have to be expensive stuff. I have $20 dishes from Target, but they're, they, everything matches. So that when I open it up, it feels like nice things. My things feel nice. I keep my space clean. Um, I, I, my car is clean. I keep nice things and I try to have them uh, as nice as possible. Not necessarily designer, but I, I, you want to feel like someone who's already rich because you attract to you what you already feel you are. Be the change you want to be is some things that people talk about. If you want to be someone that makes television shows, then every day when you wake up, you have to play that character and then you will attract that movie into your life. If you are constantly doing poor people shit, you're not going to attract that money into your life. And even if you did attract it into your life, you would push it right back out because you are you are living and behaving like someone who is poor. And so you are you are setting your stage for that. The parallel I was thinking of, and I had it it was so good in my head the other day, but Do you think the secret's ever gonna come after you for spilling their I secret? do I do shit because I feel like what the secret did was was tell you how to consciously with your conscious mind try to make things happen and that's not the part of you that makes things it's in your it's so vague and small and you'll notice as you do start to pull things into your reality you'll be like I barely thought about that like I barely thought about uh, this person I haven't talked to in a long time and then all of a sudden they called me because there is this... Like when, I, when we passed that sign and I was like, I want to get that meeting with Amazon and, and then, then an hour, just whatever later, yeah. someone like, Amazon called. But if we were just sitting around like, I want Amazon, I just need, I need it, I need it. When you feel like I have to have this. When I was younger, I envied other people's things. And envy is a pushing energy. Envy pushes things that you want away. So when you look at something that someone else has and feel envious that you don't have it you're telling the universe that it's not possible for this person to have this and me to also have it you're telling the universe that you can't possibly also have this you're telling the universe that it's not abundant and that it doesn't have uh the ability to give you whatever it is that you want so it might feel good to wallow in those feelings of envy for a second but you are actually preventing yourself from being able to get things if you want to create anything find a way to wallow in gratitude. I think sometimes I sound like an ass because I will list off all of the things that I like about my life whenever it pops into my head. I will be like, I love living in California. I love that I am this. I love this. I love this. Because that energy is what brings more good things to you. The universe does not give a fuck does not make judgments, does not curse you with things, does not impose things upon you. The universe is a server, a waiter that comes up to your table and brings you whatever you order. And what you order uh, is whatever the fuck you're paying attention to and whatever you are uh, and your feelings have a lot to do with it. Yeah, you've definitely used that analogy on the podcast before. We, but So I should think about something but not push it. So what they call this setting an intention, and I, it's a great way to word it. 
um, the two ways that you manifest is number one, decide that you want something. And there is a difference between feeling like you need it or have to have it, which feels childish and demanding and it's a pushing energy and saying, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have this. So number one, I'm going to decide that this is, this is something I'm going to experience. And then number two, I'm going to take steps because it is, there is action with that. Faith without works is dead is the Bible scripture that I assume is about that. Uh, yep. uh, so this is the thing where you hear people talk about they want something. And uh, I have also talked about this on the podcast, I'm sure, but it uh, is worth repeating. They have things where I keep say, call it fantasy land, where you want this, but there's no fucking evidence in your life that you want this because you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything towards getting it. So there came a point where I decided that I wanted to make TV shows. And so then I made every move that is what someone would do when they want to make TV shows. I moved to... Uh, California I got representation and I worked on uh, TV shows and continue to move towards that path I do things that a person who's going to have a TV show in the next year does and yeah and what you do is though you you say you stay so calm yeah you uh, when you say I am going to I want people at home to know like it's it's not like a uh, a plan for Jessa, like I'm not. She's when she says I'm going to. She's not like I'm planning on doing this. It's like speaking as if she knows the future and knows that it will come to pass. She's like, yeah, and going to. So like you, you walk around knowing that it's inevitable, and so that so like the stuff doesn't get you down when uh, a pitch doesn't go well or like nothing comes of one of our meetings because like you know, you're like, yep, yeah, well I am going to. So you know, just a just guess it wasn't today you know, kind of attitude. And it's very, uh, I'm, I find it very admirable. I like oh, it. Thank you. Yeah. I thought you were going to say frustrating. Uh, <laughs> I, just because I've got a bad attitude sometimes. Like, and you know, I, I like want to wallow. I, uh, because I'm like, but I want it now. And so I think I, I might seem frustrated yeah. when, uh, then you, then you start talking about how great your life is and all these great things and stuff. And I'm like, what an ass. But, no, I find it I find it quite admirable. I think uh well it's a law of attraction. It just and over years I have gotten very good at it and uh so I just know this is a decision I've made and I've done all of the things that need to be done. Uh so the stage is set and that every perceived failure is just a part of the cool story. I don't just want to get things immediately. I want the, the origin story of things. I want failures. I want mistakes. I, they don't feel fantastic when they're happening, but I love the story of me saying, that's it. I'm going to go for comedy. I know I'm super talented. Watch this. And then I just fell on my fucking face so hard till three weeks before I was about to quit comedy. I love that story. Yeah. When it was happening, I was like, am I not able to do well, this? Well, I love the story about how you got on. This is not happening. I, uh, don't know if people understand like uh, comics, maybe like, even comics. I don't know if they get it until you've seen it up close and seen how the process works. Uh, I don't know if you know how crazy it is that Jessa just spoke. This is not happening into existence. Um, and, uh, you know, no offense, but you were a nobody. You were <laughs> nothing. When you were running your, this is not happening set. People were like, who the fuck is this bitch? Who would like, they were just, uh, you were just telling a story about like someone uh, making fun of you because you were setting up a camera at an open mic uh, and uh, because you were running, she's running the set and she's uh, got to tape it and like send it to these people, you know, and people are looking at her like she's just crazy. And now uh, that dude uh, will kiss her ass because uh, <laughs> she's racking up so many views. But like Jessa just said, I'm going to be on this is not happening. This is what I'm going to do. And then just uh, made a plan. Ari Shafir was part of the plan. Like, uh, and uh, you just, you just did it. You just did it. Yeah. I, uh, you're not, you weren't repped. You had no uh, credits. You had very little uh, experience. You had a few connections and then, uh, you fucking did it. It's crazy. 
Think about the other comics that are on that show. Uh, anyway, sorry. It was, yeah, it was uh, 2015, I think, when I found out that show existed. And in one night, years before it unfolded, I guess a year, I, Tommy Pope told me he was getting a story ready for it. And I did the thing that I hate that other comics do and was like, uh, was what? There's a storytelling show. Storytelling show. I just thought that. But then afterwards, I watched every single episode that night. I was like on demand watching all of them and was like, I would be, I don't know how to uh, get on this show. It's in California. But like I planted seeds then and then fell on my face. But then when the, 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 po- the Facebook post came out, and said that they were looking for tapes, and then I fucked that up, and I failed all of that. Like, I, I got the offer for This Is Not Happening out of an okey-doke email that was like, uh, uh, this is ba- we can't use this that you sent. Maybe you want to keep in touch for next year. And then three weeks later, I was like, here, how about this? And he was like, yeah, I mean, we haven't even taped this year yet. And uh, so I was like, so is it good? And, um, and drove him insane until I got... Uh, got the offer but I um I knew there's a difference between I need it and I'm I'm going to do this there's like a there's a confidence in the fact that I am creating this I you are creating your life everything in your fucking life you are creating it there is some stuff with other people's free will and stuff but I think even in that uh nobody does anything to you that y'all didn't agree on the other side was okay so learning how to figure out where those controls are, paying attention to your thoughts and your feelings and your words and the the reality that results from that. If you love to bitch about your boss, you will just get more excuses to bitch about your boss because the waiter comes up to the table and that's all you're fucking talking about. So he brings you a big plate of bullshit from your boss. Venting is one thing. Uh, I've done more of it in the last year than I've done in a in a long time and uh there is a quick like release that's fine but uh if I start paying attention too much to something I don't like I just get more of it and it's off like why why would I do this there are people who love to be upset and they don't realize that they love to be upset they love people to offend them and I've pointed this out to you with people that we know where I'm like they're enjoying that experience that's why they keep having it Yep. And uh, it, there is some fun. There's some fun in being a victim. There is something, it's still experience. Everything that we're here to experience is fine. It doesn't matter. But like, it, once you know the wiring under the board, why would you pick anything that isn't awesome? And so it's, it's not a desperate need because that will push it, uh, that will push it away. Similar to like you, you, you first start dating someone. And uh, you're just, you're cool and happy and grateful to be alive and, and being yourself. And you like this person, but you're not, uh, I need you, you know? So it's the same, the same uh, principle there. And there is something that I can't put my finger on about acknowledging failure. Because you can decide you want something, you don't get to decide how it plays out. And that's the fun of the game. It would not be that fun if I was just like, I want this to happen ex- exactly this way. It's not that exciting. So uh, there is something about acknowledging failure that makes failure less likely. Acknowledging it as a possibility. And I get I get people yes. all the time that are like, stop, don't say that. And I'm like, yeah, that's fake positivity. That's just generic positivity not based in reality. Now this I believe. This I believe. I feel like... The more relaxed I am going into a situation where I'm like, yeah, this could be bad. Like all right, a yep. show, a show. If I have to do well, like say a competition, say a big sky where we met yep. and I needed to make the finals, I fucked it up. It yep. sucked because I was so wrapped up. It's so nervous. I put so much pressure on myself. But when I go into situations where I really don't care how this goes. I have the best sets. Yep. I'm relaxed. Everything's fine. 
and also like your own perception of it changes because like if things do go a little bit bad, you were like ready. You were like, you didn't care. But if you needed everything to be perfect, the second something goes wrong, it feels like complete failure. And you're like, and in reality, it was a fine set that you did. But because you put so much extra pressure on yourself, you're all up. You go home upset. I, and that stand up's just an easy example. But I feel like that in a bunch of situations, I've actually been trying to apply it to the the Chargers playoffs this year where I have not like been uh I've like before like each week I get excited about them and I try not to make it I don't need them to win I'm like uh I just I want to be real chill about this game because I believe that it will increase the Chargers chances if I'm not too uh overly preoccupied with them winning but I'm just like I hope Philip has a good game I feel like uh they do better <laughs> Oh yeah, comedy is the one of the big. Like, I will always say I'm about to bomb. Like if I'm mentally prepared to you bomb, you do always say that. I will do great and still think I bombed. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's like I'm about to bomb. Then she comes off stage. I just bombed. <laughs> uh, attachment to outcome, which I know we've talked about before, will fuck you up a lot of times also because this is you you decide to manifest something and it's going to be a year-long story and you have it in your head that it's supposed to be a three-week-long story and so your first perceived failure uh because you're attached to that outcome you can talk yourself out of the thing you're supposed to experience i think gratitude is the i can't hammer that home hard enough and I know a lot of people when they are learning how to be grateful have to like make lists and like actually like search. Maybe I should be doing that to find things to be grateful for when it's very uh, it's almost a high I experience when I just think about everything that I like. And that I also already believed. I felt like growing up in church, there's a, a lot of talks and lessons about a positive attitude. They said, if you look for the good things, you will see them. If you give thanks for all those things, like you're happy. Like I remember like relationship advice like that too. Like if you focus on all the bad things your spouse does, you're going to have a bad marriage. If you right. focus on all the good things and say thank you for them, blah, blah, blah. Another church thing, going back to faith without works, there that was something Mormons... Uh, love to preach like uh, you need to take actionable steps like you can't just ask God for something and just sit there like you ask God for something and then you get to work at it and you you have to you have to do your own work um, and your process is so similar to that but the twist that I like is that you are the God in this scenario like mm -hmm. you you are more powerful like you're not uh, like waiting on uh this grace to help you like I'll take these steps and then like when God sees my faith he'll take it the rest of the way or right. something uh it's just like uh in this case you 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 are the God and it's just like these are the steps I will take to accomplish this thing and I like that take makes me feel more powerful I don't know if it comes from uh if the, if it can be handled in the physical world if you can physically make it happen then waiting on manifesting it isn't going to work. So if there are steps that can be taken to achieve the things that you want to achieve, it's just you have to decide that you are going to achieve it. And it's, I'm saying don't have an attitude like I have to have it, but have the attitude like I have to have it. Does that uh, make sense? Like it's not coming <laughs> from a desperate, wanting place because if you really ask people, I ask people what they want. Number one, nobody knows what the fuck they want. There's a huge in comedy where people are like, I feel like I'm getting too old. I'm not going to make it. I'm like, okay, well, what does make it mean to you? And they're like, I don't know. I mean, you don't know what you want. How would you ever get it? You have to know what you want. And then once you know what you want, decide that there's no other option other than to get it. And then say, okay, if this had to happen what would the first step be to get to it? And then those, those, that path opens up. It becomes very obvious. And when I decided I had to make it in comedy, I had barriers in the way. I just had a baby, so I was kind of stuck at home. And I was like, okay, but if I had to make it from home in Delaware, what would I do? And I was like, social media. So what's the strategy there? I don't do festivals. I 
barely did comedy. I knew comics mostly because I worked for one, but I and was kind of on the peripheral of of the business. But social media, and I decided I will become a. I will add all these comics on Facebook, and then I will become so funny on Facebook that everyone knows me. And for a long time, people that knew me who felt like they knew me from comedy just knew me because I was posting funny shit like four times a day on Facebook and I had added them Which, all Which, by friends. the way, congrats on your bisexual tweet going so oh, viral. Oh, thank you very much. And I will use that as a joke now and it feels a little bit dirty whenever I turn Why tweets into jokes. Why would that feel dirty? I don't know. It should That's how most people use as their drafts for stage. Okay. They test joke. Well, I mean, like it depends on the comedian, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and you, I I've mean, seen comedians do it, and they're just been like, ugh. But I guess you're. Well, right. it's just like uh, it. I think the good ones know that it is different, and you have to tell it. Sli- it's a different medium. Right. You can't uh, just tell it the exact same way. But like, you can get an idea of like if there's something people relate to. Right. Uh, which I think what is what. Y- like how much yours went viral shows that's just like that's a that's something that's on people's minds and yeah. when you did it on stage you didn't do it word for word like the tweet uh which because you you yeah you intuitively knew that it needed to be a little bit different yeah but uh i uh i don't think you should feel dirty about okay. that okay well all. it was a joke premise that i had been trying to write a joke for for a long time and then as soon as it popped in my head i was like oh that's a tweet and then and it just is. off the off the like on the fly did it on stage and it and it turned out good. But um, so that was something I, I could do from where I was at. Yeah, because that's another thing that people do is they love to uh, give a bunch of power. We love to give a bunch of power to obstacles. And so either the obstacle is non-existent or not the obstacle that you think it is, or you have to say, okay, well then how would I do it with this obstacle here? So Facebook was my first thing and uh, it drove everyone else nuts and because I was on my phone constantly and it didn't, nobody believed me when I was like, no, this is, I, this is how this is going to happen. Like this is how I'm going to make it in comedy from not being able to do shows. And it did establish me to some degree to where I could get things. I was able to like book shows in other towns and stuff based on what people thought I was because I was funny on Facebook. Um, she got booked at a comedy club because she kept roasting a comedy club owner <laughs> on, on Facebook. She would just come to all of his posts and insult him until uh, he was like, ah, oh, man, she's funny. I should book her. Uh I think of I think of reality as either a movie or a video game is kind of the context that I think of it in. And so if you are playing a person who should be in a healthy, happy relationship, I, don't, I hate using manifestation for relationships because there are other factors at play. But um, if you are playing a character that you want to play a character that has a television show, you have to start acting the part of a person because then the the reality can sync up to that. So it's not just making a vision board with like you behind a fucking director's camera. Uh, vision boards are fine, I guess, if... Uh, and the vision boards are something I heard about before I met you. And like, yeah. uh, I see a lot of similarities between just the idea of like putting it in your mind. It just seems like a, a tool to... Uh, set the intention is that what you yeah. said no, yeah no and it and it is and it's a it's a cool way to set i don't know if i would call it cool uh that's the uh, main reason i've never done it i can't yeah. uh i can't see myself explaining that to someone at my house um <laughs> i have my vision board there is something cool. about planting the seed and then uh letting it grow as it wants to and sometimes it'll be very fast and sometimes it won't um, and just knowing that no matter what it looks like, you are going to get this thing that you have decided you're going to live because you ordered it and because it it's just a law. And so it's hard to get out of this, especially when you have religion has affected our minds so much. This idea that you have to earn things, that, that there is some there value judgment on you and... Uh, whether or not you're worthy, like you have to clean all of that stuff out. Like all of these things that, um, the sins or whatever, like the less you love yourself, the harder it will be to manifest that that stuff will all get in the way. Envy will get in the way. Uh, 
uh, I can't think of any of the other, any of these kind of like negative thought processes, uh, negative self-belief is going to get in the way because of it's going to clog your ability to make things happen. But everyone, there is no like worthy, more worthy, not worthy. I think it is a process of learning to tune into the controls and it took years and there was a point where I was reading tons of books on this subject. There was points where I was like left post-it notes everywhere in my house to keep me like consciously aware. And then as I got better at it, I just got better at the controls. And I just, there was a time where when the, when the financial crash happened and that was really when I was kind of figuring out my relationship with the ego, I was three years into society and we moved to Portland and we were poor all of a sudden. And, uh, after having just learned how to have money, not huge money, but you know, just finally like entering you had a big society house in Delaware and not so, yet, not at this point. We'd had an apartment. We both oh. had jobs, you okay, know, but still. and then we moved to Portland you were doing better in Delaware than you were in Portland. Yeah. We okay. moved to Portland. I'm on unemployment. He can't find a job because his record matters here. The financial crashes happened so that all the jobs were gone all of a sudden and they weren't hiring felons and gas was fucking $5 a gallon. And I, I remember being at the gym and working out and TV like TVs were fucking everywhere blasting about the goddamn uh, recession. Uh-huh. And it was all so scary. And so that it got to the point where I uh, wouldn't work out on the machines that face the TVs. I wouldn't have any TV or radio on that talked about it. This is after months after it was ruining my, I just bought into it. I bought into, oh, this is the game that we're playing. Let me play this game. And was broke. It was broke as fuck, struggling. Uh, afraid we were going to go under and this was kind of where uh, I got more into the secret and and the secret was kind of not quite it and so I researched the people who were on the secret and got all their books and read their books and then uh, came up with my own system of what makes sense and then I tried things and then I, I just made mental notes of like what worked until I figured out where that control where the buttons are on the control panel and then I just slowly figured out things like uh acknowledging failure as a possibility just uh way lessons anytime you something else I used to do was over imagine things sorry am I talking too much uh I used to over imagine things where if I wanted something, I would daydream about it so specifically over and over and over and over again. Uh, my whole life I did that. I spent an exorbitant amount of time in my imagination. And then I read somewhere that doing that, your mind doesn't know the difference between that and actually experiencing it. Huh. And... Uh, so that trains your mind. To, you're, you're becoming the character then. You know, you think you've already experienced it. You're less likely to manifest it. Oh, huh. So it, it was a hard habit to break because I loved just imagining. <gasps> oh, no, I've imagined giving an Oscar acceptance speech where I thank my dad and say really sweet things so many times in my life that I was like secretly. I don't tell you about this, but secretly I'm like, I'm certain that this will happen. Yeah. But am I am I have I ruined it for myself? Um, it'll probably about it still so happen. But when you when you imagine something specifically, imagining it. it will never happen that way. I won't be wearing that white tuxedo that I planned. You won't. Damn it. White on white. Uh, okay. I have, you know, I've been feeling super career focused so far in 2019. And I am thinking that I do want to be dorkier and put post-it notes up like you did. Or some sort. I want to write something down and like take it more seriously. I know this. I, I know you believe in finding your own truth or whatever. So like you're talking about like uh this not not wanting it too much and i've heard you but the whole time i've been sitting here thinking like i don't think i want it enough these these career goals yeah i think i need to be a little bit bolder and say out loud like i want to become an actor that's like i need to then talk to olivia about like 
steps that I can start taking right now? What should I be doing right now if that's my eventual goal? Like, yeah. I think that I need to. It was kind of uh, fun to say it out loud just then. Cause yeah. I don't, because uh, it feels like a silly dream sometimes. I don't want to tell people about it, but it is my dream. I want to be an actor. I feel like it would be the best job to, th- to, um, to study the human condition and 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 like act out different parts how cool is that that's all i like doing is sitting and thinking about like putting myself in other people's shoes and examining all my motivations and all the reasons i do stuff i feel like uh uh acting so cool i love i love watching i think you're born to do it (laughs) thank you i think i just uh but i think i could do a better job of saying that I'm going, you know, putting some goals down and something to keep my mind there because for me it feels like a confidence issue where um, if I love myself more, like you just said, uh, I would be, be- I would believe in myself more. I believe right. in it. And right now I feel like I don't say it because I'm like, well, that's probably never going to happen because I mean, like, I'm probably, you know, I mean, that's the chances are, you know, whatever. Um, there's also the uh, the idea like of what you said of um, like adopting that mindset and playing that that part. I like I should be thinking of myself as someone who is going to become an actor. Yeah, it not I want to be an embar- actor. Just, just I'm em- ready to start acting. Can you yeah. get me? Uh, uh, it just feels embarrassing to say it. It feels uh, uh, I felt so silly, but I'm like uh, I also don't want people to think I'm conceited. But uh, I guess I'm willing to risk it. I think too. There's a difference. We were having this conversation earlier between arrogance and com- and confidence. Yeah. And uh, arrogance is also a pushing energy, but arrogance is is the ego's version of confidence. Confidence is just like I. It's fine. I know it's fine. I know it's fine because I know it, and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. That I know it in myself, and. Uh, that's the role I'm playing in my movie and it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. Learning that I used to look at people who were successful and look at people who had the things I want and see them as something different than what I am. And I would hear people's successful people's stories, you know, stars stories about how they became a star and somehow think that that was different than my story. But my story was exactly, uh, the same. I knew when I was a kid that I was uh, going to be a star. I, you know, I also have an origin story. The only difference between someone who has it and who doesn't is the person who has it went for it and expected to get it. And the person who doesn't is saying, yeah, but that's for them because they are something better or more special or whatever than I am. And that's just uh your dumb voice in your head keeping you separate from the things that you care about i think wanting it enough to go after it i just it, it's a it's a desperation or attachment to the outcome rather than just i will have this i am an actor which feels like bullshit when uh People say, like, what are you doing here? I'm, like, writing TV shows. And I can tell that they're, like, oh, I mean, you're writing shows. You want to sell. Well, I don't care. Yeah. Because in a year, I'll be writing my TV show. So it doesn't – it's fine. I don't give a fuck. Uh, because that's the attitude that I have. I'm someone who makes TV shows. That's what I came here to do. That's what I am. Mm-hmm. And there's evidence. It's It's been a slow process. But it became evident pretty quick that reality was going <gasps> to catch up to us knowing you that. Were, I was just bitching about the slow process. Did I just order up a bunch more uh, of the things I was bitching about? No, I did. There's a like a du- like a dwelling, you know. So there's yeah. a there's a quick acknowledgement. I am gonna. I know, but I immediately am like uh, trying to undo it. I'm like, I, I didn't mind. I don't mind the slow process at all. I just imagined the universe punishing me with uh, years more sentence of uh, of development hell. When I was trying to learn manifestation, when you first get into it, it feels like the walls are closing in because you're like every single thought has a consequence. And so then just like psycho oh, thoughts shit, will pop I haven't in my thought head. that far yet. Now, no, uh, but it does. All the walls are moving in. <laughs> so then every single thing I thought every time uh, I just the the blanket positive thought thing is not effective. 
It's generic. These are your conscious thoughts. It really is about feelings and action. It's about feelings. If you are in a place of gratitude for what you have, and I am uh, usually very grateful for everything, even things that suck. I write the narrative however I want, and I, and I am grateful for things when they're painful. I'm grateful for mistakes, and there's an initial sting all the time, but then I usually bounce back and am just try to try to maintain that. You bounce back feeling. faster than anyone on the planet, I think. Uh, anyone that I know. Thank you. Let me ask you this. Slight subject change. But uh, a few episodes, a few weeks ago, talked about my discoveries with the ego and stuff that I read about uh, like the psychiatrist saying the the ego is your sense of self but like if you can like think about how you still exist even if you're not thinking anything like that's that's this other space right Right. and like you don't have you are not your ego it's just a part there's this whole other he's just loud you know there's this whole other part and i like was reading about how meditation helps you tap into that other that other part where the ego isn't is that the ether? That the the place where you are talking is not inside of your brain. Okay, well then this the at least the way that the the that I was reading it was like the place that this guy was talking about was a place where you are not talking. It's like where you you exist beyond thoughts and stuff. Like you you aren't talking. You're just you're okay. connect. You talked about like this is this is the space that connects all of us, and that's why it's dangerous to just listen to your ego because you uh, will never like develop truly healthy relationships if you are completely separated unto yourself and not connected to other people. And so he was making it sound like in this thing I read, he was like, "See how long you can go without thinking." And yeah, and he was like, "Did you cease to exist? No, you still existed in that in that brief moment without thought." And, uh, that is, uh, like where you can go in meditation and stuff. That's what he was saying. I feel like the ether, but I also may not understand it at all. So no, and I'm uh, terrible at meditation. Yeah. How do you not think, man? That's, I, that's a crazy talent. Uh, it's so hard. I lasted one second as I tried to do it. And then I started thinking about how I'm thinking about nothing. I'm like, all right. I always just thought that meditation was a place to like escape the ego, but I still experience my higher self has thoughts. I just tell the difference between ego thoughts and higher self thoughts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I really am going to change the subject here. Starting in January, 2019, the Mormon Church made huge changes to its temple ceremony, and this made this made the news. So, in the the temple endowment ceremony, um, there you go in, and like men and women sit on opposite sides, and there are like covenants that you make during the ceremony, and men make them uh, their covenants to God. And women make their covenants to their husbands who then covenant like to God. So like the women like have this middleman to go right. through. The women also had to wear veils that covered their faces in the temple. And uh, but like men like in like the veil is like is like this extra layer of, of like between you. It's putting something between you and God. Uh, but men don't have to wear it. And there's a movie that you watch, which is just like an oracle, you know, like right. we talked about. It just tells the same story every single time you go, but like you pull different meaning and stuff from it. You just sit there and think about it, which I, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's just it tells the creation story. And so it's like the main the main players are Adam and Eve and Satan. And uh, Eve, like, had in this this hour long movie, Eve says like nothing. <laughs> uh, she she has like a, a couple lines, I guess I can't remember. But uh, so it's, 
then with there was no anna- announcement or fanfare or anything, but just like people went to the temple starting in January 1st and was like, oh, that was different. So number one, uh, women aren't we- don't have to wear veils anymore. Number two, uh, they aren't making covenants through husbands anymore. They're covenanting straight to God. And uh, the the movie is no longer a movie. It's like still images. Uh, and then, and like, and like, I guess with audio playing, I haven't seen it, obviously. Uh, but then Eve now has a ton more. Oh, holy shit. She's got like, she's, they say that she's got more lines than Satan now, which, uh, sounds good. That sounds like a, a good benchmark to hit, but she's got like a whole new monologue or something where she talks a lot. And so it's just like this big, this big change to see like more. Equality. Well, you know how a living church works <laughs> is uh, God waits until people ask for something to be changed and then he excommunicates them uh-huh. and then he acts like it was his idea. Yeah, it was his idea all along. Just just like a man. <laughs> just like a man. <laughs> Kate Kelly spoke up at a meeting and, and, uh, and then God... Uh, said her idea out loud and kicked her out of the meeting <laughs> uh, i wonder if we like, could get like her on the podcast i bet we. Could. i want to know what it's like for a person who doesn't want to leave mormonism to get kicked out of the church do you does it ex- does a does a world exist where you can still be a part of that covenant with god without the church like, are you banished to hell I if think, you've been... I think then you just, like, make your own uh, mind... I feel like uh, someone would believe, okay, well, then this can't be true. Like, this can't be real. Like, because you can't, you can't change my relationship with God. Like, you can... All, all that you want, like, you can say, oh, this is God's will, but, like, I talk to God, too. Right. And I know that, I, you know, like I'm not doing anything wrong here. So this is this is the dilemma with the news. Like it's ha- like it's somewhat good because it is like, oh, that's cool. Because this is, I do wish that our church would change more. I I do think that uh, uh, we we need more female empowerment in the church and they allow for more equality and stuff. I feel like all those things are big steps in like our crown jewel of worship. They sh- we should be at least on equal footing. Like we, they, like that's our biggest, most important ceremony. Mormons go to it all the time, and it's just constant reiteration that you guys are lesser and that you're different. So I'm glad that they changed that. But then I immediately am like, oh, that's weird. I remember some women that uh, just a few years ago didn't want to wear veils in the temple, and they weren't allowed to come anymore. Right. So it's uh, and and what it's just the arrogance of the church. That they won't say sorry. They weren't wrong. Yeah. They weren't wrong. They've uh they they are always winning. They are always uh doing the right thing. They'll never Trumping. they'll never apologize and say, uh, hey, sorry, we kicked you guys out. They're just like, No, you guys you guys disobeyed the prophet and you led people away from the church. So you had to do that. But now like, you know, if you had just huh, if you'd only just waited for God in his own wisdom, it's crazy that God was gonna do it right after you guys left. <laughs> Yo, if you had just waited, you know, it's that 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 bothers me, it irks me. I don't know how you can Issue, literally secretly put those changes out and not mention these high-profile uh, protests that were happening just a few years ago. Yeah, I just don't know how uh, people actively in the church... I feel like they've done so much stuff since I've been aware of their existence that is like, you have to just be losing shit tons of people. Well, they maybe I wasn't paying attention, uh, but it does feel like in the last few years the wheels are just coming off yeah like there's it's it's just more uh apparent day by day that all this stuff is happening and i think they are hemorrhaging members right uh but uh they they don't say that they they say their numbers are good or something so Uh, i guess we'll never know (laughs) what's an endowment ceremony it's you do it more than once you only do it once for yourself, and then every other time you do it, you're doing it uh, by proxy for a dead person. 
So you. So as a woman, you can't do it till you're married. Yes. Yes, you men get to go when they go on their missions. So sing, we're single, uh, and uh, you just you have to have the Melchizedek priesthood to do it. That's a, the only requirement for men. But since women don't have priesthood, they have to be married to a Melchizedek priesthood holder. Uh, and so, like that's that's how you that's how you get in and get it done. So there's there's of all the sacraments that like the Catholicism has like the seven sacraments um, in uh, we don't call them sacraments, uh, but like, I guess we, I don't know. Do we it's covenant something like that? There's like the regular sacrament, the bread and the water that we take every right. Sunday. There's baptism. There's uh, the confirmation of the gift of the Holy ghost, which comes right after baptism. And then uh, once uh, then there's like the temple and in the temple you can do a few more ceremonies and that is uh, the, the washing and anointing and that's uh, part of your covenants and then the endowment uh, which you receive uh, keys to the kingdom. Like you receive the keys to how you will get into heaven. It's a very it's like big a password. It's or a something. very big deal. Oh, <laughs> it's a it's a bisexual handshake. That's what it is. I didn't want. To, I saw your tweet and I was like, ah, I can teach it to you. <laughs> I know it. Uh, that's a really cool fact that a lot of people don't know about God, but uh, he's bi. Yeah. <laughs> and you better shake his hand right if you want to get into heaven, man. And then there's a ceiling, and which is how two people get uh, married together for all time and eternity. And so you do those things once for yourself, and then ev- but you can do them as many times as you want. And they really encourage temple attendance. They want you to be in the temple like every single week and going back in there. And uh, so we do. Mormons are also huge into genealogy. I feel like genealogy is kind of caught on in the in in popular culture in the last yeah. uh, decade or so. But Mormons have done been about it. They love ancestry dot whatever and all that stuff. But it's because isn't it all just you're all white as fuck? <laughs> well, that's not twenty three and me. We uh, the just uh, but like tracing your family tree back. Uh, like my dad does that, like finds old long lost relatives and stuff. But the, you're trying to it's like what Elijah said to like turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. Um, you're you're connecting your whole uh, family, you know, that goes back eons and stuff, which is stuff that I like. I mean, I don't like doing genealogy work, but I like the idea of like uh, being in touch with your heritage and stuff. But then you're we're collecting names. Like when you're you're finding all your family members so that then you can, quote, have their work done for them, which means is you take those names to the temple and you then get baptized for them on their behalf in the temple. Then you can receive the Holy Ghost on their behalf, like in the by proxy for your great, 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 great aunt. And then you can like seal her to her dead husband, all that kind of stuff. You know, I'd be so mad if. uh I was just like kicking it wherever I was at, and then somebody sealed me into some Mormon fucking well, shit. Well, here's the thing: this is I I feel like is a big misconception. If I can uh, plug the Mormons for a second, here's the thing about baptisms for the dead: because it, like like people hear about it and they make jokes and they're like, "You baptized Anne Frank and stuff." In Mormon theology, there are certain step like there is a there is a very important the body the physical body is very important to our salvation like we existed before this life uh but we were just spirits and we in order to learn and grow and become more like god we needed a body like we had to experience things in a physical realm and uh so like this this period of life is so important and uh Blah, 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 the fall, blah, 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 the atonement, Christ uh, can save us. But faith without works is dead. Like, uh, we believe in grace, but, like, not the same way other Christians do. I mean, Dieter F. Uchtdorf gave a talk about it a, a while back, I guess. But, like, it's not really, grace isn't focused on as much in Mormondom as it is in the rest of Christianity. We believe that, like, there is stuff we have to do. We have to repent of our sins uh, and then accept the atonement so it can save us. And we believe that you have to make these covenants 
This is this is the pathway, the straight and narrow path to heaven. You have to make these covenants in a physical body. And if you don't, if you don't have the that desire, if you don't actually repent, and if you don't do those physical covenants, then like you're not getting in. And you need all of them, right? So uh, the idea behind uh, doing ordinances for the dead is like not forcing anyone. It's giving them the chance. It's like uh, if if they do believe and if they have the desire in their hearts to accept the atonement and go to heaven and if they repent of their sins, uh, then they also have their, their work done for them. But like if you you we do work for uh, people all the time and there's no telling if that person wants to be Mormon or not, you know, but you right. just you just do it in case. I think Mormons will tell stories about how like they felt the the the, the presence of that person's spirit there with them and they just knew that they had accepted the work. We tell like stories about like there's souls in heaven who have learned the truth since they died because right now they're in spirit prison right and they and the but like missionaries from spirit paradise because the resurrection hasn't happened yet i know we're going fast i'm sorry but they have been like they've had opportunities to learn uh what the what the real gospel is and this also made sense to me as a kid who had questions like okay so so we're the one true church and it's only existed for the last you know 180 years right and they're only uh, a, a few million of us on the planet right now of a, of a, of a planet of 7 billion. And that's not counting all of human history. And you're saying they're all God's children and only us are going to heaven. Like, because no one else had these opportunities. Right. And they're like, no man, they're going to, they are right now having the chance to learn the gospel. Like God's not cruel. Like he, uh, he's going to give everyone a fair chance. So say you were born in, in third century China and you never, uh, you know, got to learn about Captain Moroni and stuff. <laughs> uh, you have a chance. You have a chance in heaven or the spirit world or whatever to learn about it. Everyone will get the chance. Everyone will have a chance to accept it uh, in in the spirit world. But we can do, do the them the solid work. Of, of doing the, the work on their behalf. And it's just like, you know, the symbolism, the ceremony, the, the sacraments, all that stuff is uh, all like necessary for these keys, you know? So like I, I always liked the idea of baptizing the dead. I never saw it as something compulsory, something that we were forcing people to change religions. I loved it. I just, I thought it was like, this is a perfect God who believes in agency, who believe, who is fair and just and is giving everyone an equal chance to do it, you know? And, uh, now I think, you know, uh, differently, yeah. but like, uh, it's just one of those things that I hear people's opinions about with Mormons. And I'm like, well, that's not how they view it though. Right. Is that how they view it? But I do think that it's all just the cynical part of me. I think there are some spiritual um, benefits to it. I did like to go to the temple. It was really great to like be away from the world and just, you know, you take off all your clothes and change into your temple clothes. You leave the world behind you and you can like kind of meditate, prayerfully meditate for hours in there whilst doing service for other people, feeling closer to your ancestors. There's some good stuff there. Yeah. But the cynic in me also thinks it's a scheme to keep people invested in the church. They want you to be in the temple and they, they make the temple so goddamn important. And then they attach a requirement of 10% of your uh, income in order to get in. And so it's like, if you like, they can immediately like, or not, they repeatedly, sorry, they repeatedly uh, hammer how important it is to be in the temple and why God needs you there. And then say, oh, and also to get in there, you have to give us 10% of your money. That's just one of the rules that yeah. God has. You yeah. Know? Uh, I just, I can't help but see it in that light now. It's a, I'm not like my dad, every time I'm home, my, like, my dad goes on Fridays, I think. Every time I'm home, uh, he's like, uh, like early Friday morning, he's gone out to the temple. Like, so are you doing anything? 
what are we going to do tomorrow? And he's like, well, I got to go to the temple, you know. And Oh, it's that often? He, My dad goes every single week. Yeah, at least once a week. I don't think my mom goes as often because she's got a different work schedule. But my dad's got like half days, Fridays or something. And he just goes. He also is like a church employee. Like right. The church is so much to my dad. And I. There's a part of me where I'm like, oh, dad, you're a slave. You're a robot. You're doing what they want you to do. But I think he's happy. He likes and I it, think, yeah. I, yeah, I think uh, I bet my dad liked all the, or does like all those things that I did like about meditation, about setting time apart every week to be, you know, spiritually minded. I know that he loves connecting with his forefathers. He loves doing his genealogy work. It's the only time he's ever used a computer in his life is like now that he's like gotten invested into it and he just sits in and and yells at the computer the whole time (laughs) just yells well i don't i I didn't want to click on that i was like well you did you did click but i didn't want to it's like all right but you you click you you clicked your finger on it he's like asking me to troubleshoot it i'm like well what happened well i clicked on this okay well let's just click back it's just, it's like, uh, you know, I feel like, like while I'm dealing with like, uh, on the Ethan on the edge of a tantrum where I'm like, okay, buddy, Hey, it's yeah, not all lost. It. Hey, yeah. we can fix this. We can fix this dad. Well, I didn't want it. Why did it click? If I didn't want it to click, I got to talk to your fingers, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, dude. Uh, anyway, uh, check out our upcoming shows, uh, on our website, morningthemethhead.com. Check out our Patreon. Uh, We've got uh, good stuff there, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time on Mormon and the Meth Head. If you put a Mormon and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and just a radar fence, listen to them talking to Mike. Show.